0: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. there's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh. And they the driving jam time. The Pelicans win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown! Kansas City! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
2: Michael Calhoun, thank you very much for that. I'm Tom Ackerman. It is time. Thanks also to another Michael. Michael Claiborne for holding down sports on a Sunday morning, the last two shows. Wonderful job. Uh, Last Sunday, I was sitting in Auburn, Alabama, reminiscing about what I had just seen. Alabama and Auburn in the Iron Bowl, which was the best Alabama win in Iron Bowl history. I don't care you go back to any of them. That's the best one they ever had, 24-22 in four overtimes. And I remember after the game reading a little bit about how Alabama maybe shouldn't even be in the college football playoff because they just beat a team that's now 6-6. and And I said, hold on just a second. That place was an absolute madhouse at Auburn. Last weekend. There's not a team in the country, maybe Georgia. There's not a team in the country that could have beaten Auburn in that house, except for Georgia or Alabama. Those are the two best teams in the country. Alabama found a way with everything against it to win that football game. And the young man named Bryce Young got it done, but it wasn't just him. Nick Saban, the best coach who ever lived. Uh, put together a great plan for the second half. He switched right tackles, gave Young more protection. He told Young, let's get the ball out faster, 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 faster. We need to get down the field and get the ball out of your hand faster because Auburn's coming. They were putting all kinds of pressure on him. And that kid put together a Heisman drive with less than two minutes to go. He went 97 yards against Auburn and won the Iron Bowl in the teeth of one of the wildest crowds I've ever seen in my life. One of the best college football atmospheres I've ever experienced. So it does not shock me that Alabama beat Georgia yesterday. What does shock me is that Alabama throttled Georgia yesterday, scored 41 points on Georgia yesterday. And when the college football playoff rankings come out in an hour, Alabama should be number one. They should be the number one team in the country. They just hammered the number one team yesterday, 41-24. And Bryce Young was, as expected, terrific. He was great. I did not think that they would put 41 on that defense, but I did think that he would play well, and he absolutely did. He threw for three touchdowns. He ran for another, and Alabama won 41-24 down in Atlanta, and that's going to put Georgia in the playoff, too. They're not going to get knocked out, but they'll fall, and probably fall to three is my guess. If I had to guess, they will not tumble all the way to four. They'll fall to three. Uh, the number two team is going to be Michigan, I think. We'll see what they come out with here in about an hour. And I could be wrong. I'm just trying to be a prognosticator here. Michigan is the Big Ten champion and looked every bit like it. They destroyed Iowa 42-3. to They look great. If they end up being number one, I can't argue against it. I'm just saying what I think is going to happen. Michigan, could they, are they deserving to be number one? Yeah, sure they are. Uh, Could they put Alabama 2 and Georgia 3 and have them face off in a a semifinal? Sure. I don't think they're going to do that, though. I think they'll put Bama 1, Michigan 2. I think they'll put Georgia 3, and 4 will be Cincinnati. Cincinnati deserves it. They're undefeated. They beat Houston 35-20. They did exactly what you asked them to do, clear their entire schedule. They beat everybody. And by the way, they have a better win than Georgia even does. They beat Notre Dame. In South Bend, good Notre Dame team. Georgia beat who? Clemson. That's their best win. Clemson's not very good. So, hey, look, that's what I think it's going to be. I don't think Cincinnati should be dismissed by any stretch. I think they will give, if that is what I think it's going to be, if it ends up being Alabama-Cincinnati, I think they can give Bama a game. I think they can play smart. they got a great quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Um, but uh, Bama's just way too good. They, they will handle that, and then you would have a showdown between Georgia and Michigan. That would be a great, great football game to watch. Anyway, Oklahoma State's out. Baylor beat them yesterday, 21-16, to win the Big 12. I just don't see anybody else, and I, it's got to be those four and probably in that order. If the playoff committee does something different, I wouldn't be surprised. They change things up. It's you know based on a lot of different factors. That's what I think it's going to be. and it was a good day of college football yesterday. a couple of not close games, but good f- football game between Alabama and Georgia where the tide just pulled away and Michigan won big time. Not a great day for St. Louis University, but when you look back at everything that that soccer team has accomplished, you'll smile. Uh, they lost to Washington on the road two to nothing and Kevin Kalis should be commended for everything that he has. Accomplished with this team. That was their one loss of the season. Uh, they rolled through so many people through that tournament and got to the Elite Eight up in Seattle and lost to a good Washington team. I did watch uh, some of the highlights and a little bit of the footage, and uh, boy, that field was chewed up. I mean, I don't know why you have a field like that in a Division One soccer championship. I understand it's Seattle. I get it. They've been soaked with rain and it's hard to grow grass in December. But, uh, you know, this is supposed to be, like, the best of the best. Anyway, no excuses. I'm just saying it was just – it surprised me. SLU does not score. They lose 2-0 to Washington. The men's basketball team played last night. I love the idea that SLU had. They moved the tip to 530 so that they would not go against soccer, and they also allowed people to stay in the building uh, when – the game was over, so they could watch the stream of the soccer game up on the video boards. That's cool, and so was this.
1: Rebound.
3: Martin Linson gets it ahead to Collins. Erie into the front court on the right side. They slip the screen. Linson drives and dishes. Hardgrove open look. Left wing. Bang! He got it. Best
4: three point shooter on the team.
2: Yeah, he really is. TJ Hardgrove's a heck of a shooter. Gibson Jimerson also is. They get it
3: into Nesbitt in the back court. The double comes ahead to Jones. Jones fires ahead to Jimerson. Right wing steps into a three. Bang! You got it. Yep.
2: That's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. with the call on KMOX. SLU and UAB at Chaffetz Arena.
3: Back out to Jordan Nesbitt. Way out high. to Put it on the floor. Crossover into the corner. DeAndre. Head fake. Steps to the left. shoots to three. Bang! <laughs> DeAndre Jones! Oh, baby! Yes.
2: DeAndre Jones actually led the team in scoring last night as the Billikens took on UAB and that second half, though, UAB put it on them. They went on a run in that second half, a 10-0 run, and flipped this game.
3: Baseline, left trigger. Ertl catches in the corner, elevates for three. Bang, he got it! That's probably That's the two. ball game. That's a two.
4: So. Oh, it's a douche.
2: It was a long two from the left corner with 17 seconds left for Michael Ertel. It put the Blazers up four, and they held on for a 77-72 win over SLU. Uh, UAB's a good team. They play uh, a fast-paced type of game, and the Billikens were hot. I mean, you heard the shots going down. They shot 49% from the floor, 42 from three. They were 60% from the floor in the first half. But in the second half got to give you AB credit. They locked it down defensively. Slew went to 36% in the second half and lost this ball game by a final of 77-72. So they're 7 and 2. They return to action Tuesday night. They will host Belmont. That will not be easy either at Chaffetz Arena for a 7 o'clock tip-off. We will have it for you right here on KMOX. So the SLU soccer team and men's basketball team lose yesterday. We'll find out also in the 11 o'clock hour where Mizzou football will play its bowl game. They are bowl eligible. They're going to go somewhere. They're 6-6. Six and six. We'll see where they're going to send their fans uh, to watch a bowl game. Coming up after the break, we'll discuss the St. Louis Blues. In fact, we'll hear from some of the members of the team from their locker room. They lost yesterday by a final of 4-3 to in a shootout at Florida. It was not Billy Husso's fault, though. He had 48 saves. That's career high for him. Jordan Bennington is on the COVID list. He's in COVID protocol right now. So Husso comes through with 48 saves, but he can't stop them all. And the Blues lose 4-3 in a shootout at Florida. Florida sports on a Sunday morning. We have a lot of great stuff for you today, including a visit with Lauren Lovett with her NFL picks, Katie Wu from my garage happy hour, where we talk all things Cardinals and the MLB lockout. How long is this going to go? And we will of course, keep an eye on the college football situation and let you know who gets picked one through four for the playoff, where Mizzou is going and some of the other bowl matchups for that matter. Sports on a Sunday morning. Also at the bottom of this hour, just 15 minutes away Basketball coach Travis Ford will be with us live on the show. That's coming up. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's 10-16. It's sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX.
0: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports
2: Voice, KMOX. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX continues. We're going to go into the Blues dressing room and hear from some of the players and also Coach Craig Berube, this is the media visiting with the Blues. Ville Husso, Colton Pareko, Craig Berube, all speaking to the media yesterday after a 4-3 shootout loss to the Florida Panthers. Husso was very good. He made 48 saves as the Blues did not get victory yesterday, but they do get a point after a shootout loss. Husso in there because Jordan Bennington is out due to COVID. Scoring goals yesterday for the Blues. Logan Brown scored his second of the season to give the Blues a 1-0 lead. Florida tied it. Uh, Jake Wallman came through with a goal to put the Blues up 2-1. Florida tied it. Brandon Saad scored a goal his 10th of the year to start the third period. Florida tied it. And <laughs> we went to overtime, and the Blues lost in a shootout to a good Florida team. Florida's good. Uh, the Blues have have run into some tough opponents here recently. This is the Blues Dressing Room, and Billy Huso is up first.
5: Okay, guys, go ahead for Billy. Go ahead for Billy. Billy, what was this afternoon like? You faced 51 shots on goal even before the shootout. There's an awful lot of pucks coming at you.
6: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I did hear that first part, but uh, yeah, I mean, it it, it was a tight game and uh, kind of disappointing to, uh, we we had the lead at the end and, uh, you know, it was like two minutes left and they tied the game and then, but uh, I mean, one, one point is, they're a good hockey team too, so one point and we need to look the positive side.
2: That's Billy huso talking to the media. They've gone all Zoom again in the uh, Blues system. They don't uh, allow reporters into the locker room, into the dressing room anymore because of COVID. Uh, this COVID is spreading throughout the Blues with Bennington and Bozak, the latest to be out. Husso again with 48 saves. And this is Blues defenseman Colton Pareko. Let's listen in on that session. That's a, like a, a heck
5: of a performance out there by Ville tonight.
7: Yeah, he played unbelievable. Obviously, he made some big saves. Um, gave us a good chance to get two points. Uh, and it was good to see, obviously.
5: Is that kind of the way these games are going to have to go with the guys you have out now, where you get a big game from Jusso, you get goals from guys like Brown and Wallman?
7: Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity for everybody to step in and um, just we have a deep team that everyone could step in. and. Uh, just up their game and, and uh, do their part. So good to see everybody stepping up there. And um, obviously, tough not to get to two points, but um, we just got to keep working, getting better, and uh, good things will happen. How
5: tough is it going against Florida? They just seem to come wave after wave after wave.
7: Yeah, they got a good team. They got a lot of good good players up front, and their D-men are always joining the rush. So uh, they come hard. Like you said, it's wave after wave, and uh, that's tough to play against. So. Uh, yeah, they got a good team. Obviously, there's there's a reason why they have a good record, and um, they're tough to play against. They like to get the puck down low and cycle it, and, and control the puck. So, uh, all in all, good team. But uh, so yeah,
2: and that's not easy to do when you don't have David Perron and Tyler Bozak and Justin Falk and Jordan Bennington. But the Blues do come through with the players who replaced them. I mean, you've got Logan Brown out there. You got uh, Wallman. You have Huso. They all contribute in a 4-3 shootout loss to the Florida Panthers. Blues coach Craig Berube answering a few questions. Let's listen to Chief after the game.
5: Craig, was that pretty much a very hard-earned point?
8: Yeah, goalie played really well. Guys battled, had to kill some penalties, you know, on a third and overtime. Um, you know, they battled. I mean, we got to got to work on some things uh, for sure. We play him again so we'll look at the tape and uh, we'll get better.
5: This is kind of an example of how you know, with some of the guys out right now, you know, to get contributions from other places, Ballman a goal, Brown a goal, and who's so playing like he
8: did. Yeah, we need guys to step up, you know, with COVID and injuries so certain guys did and, but again... Uh, we're, we we got to get more out of uh, more out of some guys. Uh, not you know that we need more from them. Greg,
2: have you ever seen anybody? I mean, you're faced with a four on three there, and Ortuzo without a stick for the last minute and 16 there.
8: Yeah, it's unreal. He just he finds a way to get it done. You know that's the bottom line with him. He puts his body on the line, which he did, and uh, you know he just he does whatever he can.
3: Craig,
5: any reason why you had Brown as the second uh, shootout guy? Normally, you have Tarasenko in that
8: spot. Well, Brownie was had a great game. I thought he played really well. Um, you know, I've been told he's good in shootouts down there. He's got a good move, so I, I used him.
2: Did you like the just not just Brown, but him and Joshua together the way they played and were helping drive some? offensive zone time for you guys
8: today? Uh, they were great. They, um, I thought that uh, they probably had the best offensive zone shifts tonight because um, they're physical and heavy on pucks. And uh, really that's what it boiled down. And Barbashev too. I thought Barbie had a good game. I double shifted Barbie with him most of the game, um, you know, and um, well-deserved.
5: everything okay with Tarasenko? His minutes were... Well,
8: it's just about play. That's all.
2: (laughs) Yeah, plain and simple. So why isn't he playing well? Uh, That's the question. But he played 14 minutes. Uh, That's not a lot, especially for Tarasenko. He had no shots on goal. No shots on goal in 14 minutes. So, I mean, that's not going to help his cause. So Tarasenko is not hurt, as you heard Craig Berube say. He's just, uh, that's about performance. Right? So he's not really getting any offense going, and, and Craig Berube is liking what he's seeing from Logan Brown, et cetera. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and talk to Travis Ford. He will join us live. The Billikens coach. It's 1027 Sports on a Sunday morning
0: there's a high fly ball welcome back to the meyer jensen sports on a sunday morning and it's
2: on gunner big fly
0: nolan Arenado. meyer jensen a personal entry law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off meyerjensen.com and the billicans win this one touchdown kansas city on america's sports voice kmox
2: we are back it's 10:32. stay tuned towards the end of the hour we'll be hearing from wayne gretzky the great one my interview with him I really enjoyed visiting with him uh, at the Musial Awards we'll hear that interview on the way in just a bit right now we are talking to Travis Ford the head coach of the St. Louis Billikins, is with us good morning coach
3: hey good morning Tom
2: It's good to be along with you. I know yesterday it's uh, not fun to lose, and you fell 77-72 to a UAB team that uh, I guess really turned it on. If you talked about the story of the game, one of them would be that they were able to uh, improve defensively in the second half. And your team shot very well in the first half, both teams making adjustments. And as it turns out, UAB, a good program, uh, wins the game by five. Coach?
3: Yeah, you know, it was – you're exactly right. We probably played as well of a offensive first half uh, or half as we have all year long, 48 points in the first half. Uh, shot almost 60%, playing really well. But unfortunately, we gave them 41. They made a three kind of with seven or eight seconds to go to cut it to seven and a half uh, at halftime, which I thought was a big shot. We were up 10. But second half, we just uh, – You know just ran out of gas they totally took our identity away of who we are and kind of imposed it on us they had 16 offensive rebounds compared to our six total offensive rebounds they scored 17 second chance points to our six that's usually what we do to other teams they did that to us uh, which was very disappointing they I guess took the lead over with about five minutes to go in the game, and it was back and forth. They go up actually eight or nine, and then we cut it back. And, you know, uh, we have a three, a wide-open three with about a minute to go to go up one, miss it, and, you know. But give them credit. UAB beat us. They were, you know, they were absolutely the better team, the more physical team, uh, and where areas that we usually strive in. It just wasn't there for us, and uh, they did a good job taking it away.
2: They did. And uh, the final score again, 77-72 to a a UAB team. And, you know, you look uh, all over college basketball. I mean, it is a tough, long basketball season. You learn a lot about your teams, uh, no doubt about it, as you go along. I mean, just look at this point. I mean, Ole Miss... Beat Memphis yesterday, sixty-seven, sixty-three. I mean, you you faced that team. You know is uh, how good they are. I mean, they're as good as anyone in the country. Yeah. But Memphis has slipped here a little bit. It just does happen. Um, and and to to your point, you know, this is college basketball. Uh, you move forward game to game. You're going to be challenging. This is you're entering or you're actually in one of the more challenging parts of your schedule, Coach.
3: Uh, we no question. It only's going to get more difficult uh, from here belmont coming in i think probably probably the second best team that we will play behind maybe memphis and as you mentioned memphis has kind of been struggling here lately um but belmont a lot of people had them as a top 25 team in the country preseason they got every player returning off a team that only lost three games last year um then we you know and it only gets difficult from there but you're exactly right college basketball is in a Strange state right now as far as just every night you just see scores you're just like why how did that happen but um, that's you know I think that's just the way college basketball is with the transfer portal and with. You know everything going on. Uh, you know you got to have a short memory when it comes to losses because you got to move on pretty fast.
2: There is no question about that. I want to bring in somebody as a surprise to our listeners and a surprise to you, Coach. And he would know everything about being ready for your next game and and battling. And that is the coach of the men's soccer team at St. Louis University, Kevin Kalish. Also joins us, Coach Ford, uh, after losing to Washington yesterday, two to nothing, but. Uh, Coach, it's great to have you on KMOX. How are you doing?
9: Hey, guys. How you doing? I apologize. If I'm a little under the weather at the moment, So, uh, but uh, I, I do want to thank you for having me on.
2: Well, it's great to have you. It's great to have you both on together. I wanted to get you both on together because, Coach Ford, uh, what can you say about what Coach Kalish and that soccer team put together? Their only loss of the season was yesterday in the Elite Eight.
3: Well, first, I just say this is just going to be the beginning, I think, of something uh, that he's building. Uh, and I've said it all for the last week or so, and uh, I've expressed it to Kevin. It's I've had the privilege to watch when Kevin took over, him build this program, the soccer program, uh, to where it is today. He's worked extremely hard in recruiting. He's worked really hard in the city here. Uh, and this is a product of what they accomplished this year is a product of of working hard, a product of staying focused on what you want to achieve. And uh, it's been exciting to watch because I just love how he's gone about building this. And, uh, you know, it's just going to continue. I mean, I think he's really building something very, very special. So congratulations on a great, great year. um, And I hope you have a little bit of time to enjoy it. Thanks, Coach. I really appreciate those words.
2: Well, yeah, what's it like to hear that from somebody who shares your passion for St. Louis University like Travis Ford, Kevin?
9: Yeah, I think that's what makes SLU so special, right, is uh, just the people. Um, you know, we're fortunate to work with some really special people uh, here in the athletic department. And it's it's like, you know, we're all a big team and a big family. And, um, yeah, it's just um, it's, it's amazing to hear those words.
2: Well, and as your broadcast partner here at KMOX, it really – made me smile when I heard, Kevin, that the athletic department moved the basketball tip time to five thirty. So that not only would you not overlap each other and, and cross over each other, but with fans at Shafet's Arena would get the opportunity to watch the game on the video board and give you a little extra push and just a, a better feeling on campus. That was pretty cool, wasn't it, Kevin?
9: Yeah, look, I think uh, I think I think you're seeing you're seeing our culture kind of come out in the open with, uh, with a lot of things that are happening within the athletic department and a lot of the successes all the teams are having. And it's, uh, like I said, it's a special place to work. It's a special place to be. And, uh, yeah, we're really blessed to, to, you know, to have these kind of teammates uh, in, our, in our department.
2: I know that it's not easy, Kevin, to lose a game like that and to see your season come to an end. But what can you say about the ride that you've been on and what's to come for your soccer program? What a season.
9: Yeah right. I think I was just just listening to you guys talk a little bit about college basketball and just the, the parody. and I think you know for for these guys to go 22 games unbeaten is um it's it's extraordinary right. I think it's uh just says a ton about the character of the group, the quality of the young men we have in our program and um yeah just a special special year. and Just want to really thank all the all the community for all the support throughout the entire season.
2: And you know now that uh, the. the the momentum carries throughout the program as you said and specifically talking about men's basketball it is fun isn't it to be back inside chaffetz arena with fans and to be able uh, to push ahead travis ford's team
9: uh, i can't wait i can't wait there's nothing better than uh those winter nights when you're you're going to be able to go watch a game at chaffetz and um you know bring some recruits in and it's just big time basketball and um you know i i'm really excited to see how travis and Lisa and Lisa and uh, these teams progress throughout the year. I know we'll be contending for titles here at the end.
2: And here's that schedule, Coach Ford. You got Belmont, as you mentioned, a good basketball program. They're going to be moving to the Valley next year. Boston College, that'll be Saturday at 4 o'clock. And then Saturday, December 18th. I was just down there uh, for the Iron Bowl, and I said, be careful now on December 18th. You're going to face a good SLU team, and that's SLU and Auburn, Travis Ford. That's going to be fun.
3: Well, it may be fun for you, but <laughs> you have to remind me. I'm, I'm still uh, trying to figure out what happened last night and worried about Belmont. But, no, yeah. we, you know, the schedule has kind of played out to where, you know, we were able to get some, especially after losing Javante Perkins, get a few games under our belt. I've been saying it. we've been fortunate to win some games here lately, but I don't think we've been playing very well. Uh, we need to start playing better. You know, I thought we did a lot of good things last night and ended up, you know, it's an extremely disappointing loss. It's not going to end up being a bad loss. It's just a disappointing. UAB is going to win 25 games probably. But uh, we need to start playing better, plain and simple. We need to start trying to defend somebody, uh, and uh, we better do it quickly.
2: DeAndre Jones coming off the bench as we wrap up here with Travis Ford and Kevin Kalish. DeAndre Jones coming off the bench and scoring 17 has to be a good sign for you.
3: Yeah, he's he's actually been pretty consistent for us the last couple of games. Yuri's gotten in foul trouble a little bit. Uh and uh, you know, DeAndre's been kind of a steadying force. He can he can knock down threes, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um and we've been playing him and Uri together quite a bit, but it's good to see him. We're you know, we going to need everybody at this point.
2: Yeah, the Billikens uh, dropped one yesterday to UAB, and Kevin Kalish's team loses to Washington, but we know this, the St. Louis University athletic program is on the rise. That Those are two big-time programs having very good years, and I'll wrap with this, Kevin, and I, I don't know how much uh, Billikens fans are aware of this, but they will be tomorrow. Uh, you have received the Carl O'Bauer Award Uh, From the Missouri Athletic Club, you'll be honored tomorrow at the Jack Buck Awards for excellence in amateur athletics. It's going to be an unbelievable night with Paul Goldschmidt and Isaac Bruce and David Backus and Gary Unger and Curtis Francois all being recognized as well as you, Coach Kalish.
9: Yeah, it's an unbelievable honor. I'm very, very grateful. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. It should be a great night altogether.
2: We're going to carry the Jack Buck Awards live on KMOX tomorrow night at 8. Can't wait to see you there. And thanks to both of you for being here. Kevin, thanks for popping on. And and Travis, as always, it's great to have you in this 1030 segment on KMOX Radio, sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri. We really appreciate it.
3: Always enjoy it. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, guys. How about that? A little one-two punch right there. Travis Ford and Kevin Kalish together uh, as the Billikens uh, soccer team is making its way back uh, to the airport in Seattle and getting ready to fly back home after a tremendous year. They lose yesterday to Washington, but what a year it was, no doubt about it. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. My visit with Wayne Gretzky, the great one. That's on KMOX. It's 1043.
0: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner, Big fly, Nolan Aranato. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Philippines win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
2: Embodying class and generosity, Wayne and Janet Gretzky received the highest award for sportsmanship on November 20th at Stiefel Theater in downtown St. Louis, the Stan Musial Lifetime Achievement Award. Wayne is undeniably one of the greatest hockey players of all time. His stats earned him the nickname as the Great One, but so did his integrity, grace, and genuineness, which have been hallmarks of his life and career. There's even a sportsmanship stat that attests to his greatness. He's a five-time winner of the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy, awarded annually to the NHL player who exhibits the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct combined with a high standard of playing ability. No other living NHL player has won the award as many times. Janet, who grew up in St. Louis and married Wayne in 1988, enjoyed a successful acting and dancing career. But while known for her work on the screen, behind the scenes, she's made an impact in raising awareness and funds for several charities. Having lost two sisters to breast cancer, she's especially active in efforts to fund research and supporting those battling the disease. Now, a look back at Wayne Gretzky's time in St. Louis.
6: It was a great honor for me to be out there. and you know, It was a tremendous ovation. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it was tingling. You know, it was, I think I'm happier to be here than they are happy to have me. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here.
4: It was fabulous. I'm really... Uh, happy for Wayne and pleased for Wayne and I'm pleased for the fans and uh, I'm excited for them that was tremendous response
0: and starting at center for the Blues number ninety-nine Wayne Gretzky
4: from the center face off the puck in the Blues end. McInnis gets it to center ice Gretzky breaks in three Whalers back and he scores! An incredible shot and Wayne Gretzky and Mazzotti and the crowd jubilant here at Keel Center. 23 seconds left to the point. Brown a shot off a body to Pronger. He'll send the puck the length of the ice leading Gretzky. He catches up with the puck, shoots, he scores! And Wayne Gretzky has his second goal of the night. And the Blues players congratulate number 99. Now back to Gretzky over the Los Angeles line, a pass in front for Matul, then to Gretzky, a shot, he scores! Number 99, Wayne Gretzky at the seven-minute mark of the second period. And the Kings are protesting, but Gretzky has scored to give the Blues a one to nothing lead. Gretzky, he'll flip the puck in. Osgood steers it away from Courtenau. Gretzky gets a shoots, he scores! the opportunist, and he scores to tie it at one. Casey, a pass up to Corson, not Gretzky. Partial break. Bergevin cutting him off. He scores! Wayne Gretzky, number 99. And the Blues here in the second period take the lead in game four. One to nothing. And St. Louis loves Wayne Gretzky.
2: At the Museal Awards with Wayne Gretzky. Quick Walk down memory lane before that, March 1996, building attached to this, you made your debut as a member of the Blues at home to a thunderous ovation. What was that like?
6: It was pretty cool. If um, Truth be told, I thought I was going to spend uh, the rest of my career as a St. Louis Blue. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that um, Brett Hall and I were best friends and still are to this day. And. My wife's family's from St. Louis, and I was really excited to come here, and my goodness, I, I can't even begin to describe uh, what turns and uh, sort of valleys happen that I ended up not being a St. Louis blue, but I loved it here. Um, still have a house here, and we spend a lot of time in this city. It's a wonderful city as people who live here know. It's just one of the great places. It's one of the hidden jewels of North America. I love living here.
2: You and Janet have given so much back Mm -hmm. to the community all over the world. Mm -hmm. In particular, the awareness of cancer and Mm -hmm. research. That means a lot to both of you for many reasons.
6: You know, um, we're both blessed. Um, You know, we come from great families and uh, both families were blue collar people that worked hard and raised a great family. Uh, You know, unfortunately in life, not everything is uh, on the positive side of things, and Jenna, unfortunately, lost two sisters to breast cancer. And when you're sort of in the limelight in the media eye, uh, my dad taught me at a young age, you can help other people, and whether it's raising money or help raising money or awareness. Um, and it's a strange world. Uh, Jenna's mother's is 100 years old and lives with us and still doing great. Two years ago, we took her, and she passed her driver's license just to say that she passed. Um, so how do you figure out this this world, right? Um, so if we can help out, we have uh, five wonderful kids, um, three grandchildren now, and uh, we're very proud.
2: Who inspires you? Who drives you to succeed, Wayne? Mm-hmm.
6: Well, I think we all do, uh, our kids, um, our kin their parents, or grandparents. Um, I have two grandparents that came from Poland and uh, Russia, and they're so proud that they became part of North America and became Canadians. Janet's family is very proud to be Americans, and my kids are very proud American kids. And I think we all inspire each other. We just, it's a great world to live in.
2: And when I say the Stan Musial Lifetime Achievement mm-hmm. Award for Sportsmanship, mm-hmm. what do you feel emotionally about that?
6: Well, first of all, I grew up such a baseball fan. That's the closest thing I'm ever going to get to in a baseball award, <laughs> so I'm very proud of that. Because my dream was to play Major League Baseball as a kid, and that didn't quite work out. Um, but you know, Bill Dewitt and Ira Dewitt are good friends of ours, and Jen and I go to a lot of ball games here. One of the great things about living in in St. Louis is we get to go to the Cardinal games. It was, what a great place, great atmosphere, and stand usual as they say, stand the man and. To be part of this, listen, we don't do these kind of charity events to win awards, but these awards are very meaningful and very nice.
2: Congratulations. Thank you.
6: Oh, thank you very much.
2: Great to hear from Wayne Gretzky, and I really appreciate the time that he gave me. And not only him, but the St. Louis Sports Commission and the Museum Awards were able to arrange that in the Lexus Lounge at the Stiefel Theater just before he took the stage for the Musial Awards with his wife, Janet. They received the Stan Musial Lifetime Achievement Award for Sportsmanship and really appreciate Wayne Gretzky giving us that time. We will have, speaking of awards, a great night tomorrow. So you heard me talking about it with Travis Ford and Kevin Kalish, but let me give you the quick rundown of what's happening at the the Jack Buck Awards tomorrow night at the Missouri Athletic Club. We are going to have some night. So we are honoring Isaac Bruce, He's going to receive the Stand the Man Award for not only making it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, but also his great community work through the Isaac Bruce Foundation. Paul Goldschmidt wins Sports Personality of the Year. It was a narrow vote, I understand, uh, from the membership. Other people up for that vote were Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Jordan Bennington, and Ryan O'Reilly. Goldschmidt beat them all as Sports Personality of the Year. Unfortunately, he is not able to make it to St. Louis for this event. Uh, There are many factors as to why that is, Uh, but his presenter, I don't even know that the members know this yet, but the presenter tomorrow night is going to be 13-time Gold Glover Ozzie Smith, and that's going to be really awesome. Uh, We have two great St. Louis Blues, David Backus, who just retired, former Blues captain, will be honored, as will... Gary Unger, one of the great St. Louis Blues. They'll both receive the Legends Award. And Curtis Francois gets the Jack Buck Award for promoting St. Louis through sports. The owner of Worldwide Technology Raceway, Jackie Joyner, Kirstie's his presenter. Back after the news.